It is crossover Thursday today. We have a locked on Vikings and Luke Braun joining the show, a guy who knows a little bit about chaos, and it's going to be a chaotic game. And the question is, can the Chargers go save their season? You are locked on Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back to another episode of Locked on Chiefs and Locked on Chargers. This is your crossover episode for this game. This is a very exciting game. I'm really looking forward to this. Today, this crossover Thursday episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. And with me today, I have Daniel Wade of Locked on Chargers. Daniel, how's it going, man? You know, <laughs> Chris, two and three on the season. Things aren't great in Chargers land. I mean, when you live in this purgatory of every game's a one-score game, you know, and the Chargers offense has looked like what it's looked like late in these games. It's been a tough season, man. Obviously, some things to, to work out for them. But I think a lot of people would feel a lot better about it if they're able to pull off a big upset this weekend against the Chiefs. I'm sure that there are a lot of Chargers fans that would enjoy that. I'm really hoping that doesn't happen, but we'll get into that here <laughs> a little bit later in the show. But let's just jump into it. What is the biggest news coming out of the Charger land right now? There's only one thing right now, and it's just getting Justin Herbert as mojo back, man. Like, I mean, I think pretty much everyone could agree in this one that if Justin Herbert has to have a good game for the Chargers to have a chance in this one. He's coming off his worst game of the season, missing wide open looks that he just never misses, right? And over the last two games, really, since he kind of fractured that left middle finger on his non-throwing hand, just hasn't looked right, and I think it's a combination of the pressure getting to him a little bit. He's been pressured at a ridiculous clip over the last couple of weeks. The Max Crosby, Micah Parsons effect, you could probably say at least a little bit, but over the last two games, completing 57% of his passes, he's averaging under 200 passing yards a game, and he has three passing touchdowns and two interceptions. So he does have two rushing touchdowns as well thrown in there, but like still for Justin Herbert, even you know this early on in his career, he's set a pretty high standard for himself. And if the Chargers can't get him back to looking like we know he can be right outside of like a rib injury last year, like the normal kind of status quo of Justin Herbert, it feels like they don't have a chance. Well, and I have to ask because I, I wonder, they lost Mike Williams and it seems like that has been a huge loss for this offense. And I'm not saying that it's, you don't have guys that can step in and do some of what, what Mike Williams yeah. can do, but it's not the same without him. So how much do you think that's really affected the past couple of games? It's gigantic. Uh, I, I mean, they don't have anyone. I think people see Quentin Johnston and his size and think, you know, maybe he could do yep. some of those things, but he's not. that's not his game. Like, it, it's just not. It hasn't been in college. It hasn't been, you know, really nothing's been his game in the pros yet because he has failed to make an impact through five games. <laughs> but uh, there's nobody on this team that can replicate it, and I think where the Chargers have really been hurt by it is in those kind of gotta-have-it moments, in the moments where it's like you need something you need to just give somebody a chance. Mike Williams was always that guy, one of one, you know, maybe the best jump ball catcher in the league. And someone specifically who has been great against the Kansas City Chiefs. If there's one game you wish you could have him back here for, it's against the Kansas City Chiefs. He gets up for these games. He has the only win in the brain and Staley era was from him having a big game in 2021 against Mahomes and company. Like they miss him desperately. And I think the more low key miss missing guy that really has played a huge impact in this is Corey Lindsley man they're all pro center 
and what he's able to do as far as setting up the protections up front, especially in these big moments late in games where you're seeing the protection breakdown, where you're seeing Justin Herbert with a man in his face in a, a second or less. Corey Lindsley used to be that guy that was, you know, really conducting everything up front and, and getting everyone in the right spot and picking up all the checks and doing all those things. And they've missed those guys desperately, man. And to, to be missing both of those guys, I think, is a huge reason why you've seen the Chargers really fail over the last couple of weeks to do much offensively. And I think what you were hoping for, or Chargers fans, were at least was just you have a bye week to kind of work out some of the kinks. Like, you're not going to get those players back. You're not going to get those skill sets back. But, like, you have a couple of weeks to figure out how to do what you can best do with the guys that you still have on this roster. And it hasn't really translated yet. And now it's just like, hey, can can that start to translate? Can Justin Herbert get back on a short week going into Arrowhead? I mean, I think that's tough, man, especially because, like, of course, this year, the Kansas City defense has been dominant, man. Like, is this the best defense of the Patrick Mahomes era? Because that's, like, extremely scary for Chargers fans. Yeah, I think it is the best defense that they've had uh, in the Mahomes era. I don't think it's even close. And yeah. I want to touch on a couple things really quick. Uh, Mike Williams, I think, has been a huge loss. I agree with you completely on that. But it goes back to even last season. You miss him in the playoff game. I think you win that yeah. playoff game if he plays in that game. Agreed. And so that's been a huge loss. And I completely agree with you with Corey Lindsley. But the interesting part is when he got the, when Justin Herbert got that big sack, it was uh, Micah Parsons going through, I believe, the right tackle and the right yep. guard, wasn't it? It was. I mean, yeah, he went in between you can't allow, Yeah, Yeah, you can't allow somebody to split the double team that easily and get to your QB that quickly. Uh, just completely put them in a situation where I think they were, what, second and one, and they went to, you know, third and nine, eight or nine, and – you know, we know right after that. So, yeah, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, that that's been such a a big part of it. Like, it, it, it just, it's showing up in all the worst moments too. Like, he only having one sack in that last game is probably one of the most misleading stats you're ever going to see in a box score. <laughs> just seeing that Justin Herbert was only sacked one time does not tell the story, right? He was under pressure constantly throughout the game on third down, specifically like. He had to make magic happen. It feels like he's going to have to make some more magic happen this week upcoming. I mean, I know that's one of my biggest matchups for sure. Like, hey, after seeing Max Crosby, after seeing Micah Parsons, not super looking forward to seeing Chris Jones this week. Like, that's not exactly what the doctor ordered, especially for the interior of this offensive line without Corey Lindsley. But from the outside looking in, it feels, though, the one reason I feel like, okay, the Chargers, you know, could stay in this game, right? And, and, and it should be another close game, like every game in the Brandon Staley going up against Patrick Mahomes era has been, is the Chiefs offense just doesn't look quite right. Like, I mean, it just, it, it, easy to say that with the Chargers doing what they're doing, but like, I'm just used to the Chiefs having a kind of a certain level of offense. Like, what has it been that's kind of seemed to slow that group down? Man, it's been a litany of things. Uh, third and two, third and three, third and one, whatever. I mean, even third and four at sometimes. Kansas City can't get a first down. Uh, they are 27th in the league in that stat since, I think, 2020. If you look at all the years combined, they're 27th That's in the so league. That's so weird, man. Like, Andy Reid's right. a genius, but, like, exactly. I I like I love when they get into third and ones. Like, if the Chargers get the, the Chiefs in, in third and ones, it's like, okay, well, maybe Kadarius Toney's going to wildcat this. Like, please, get it out of Mahomes' hands. Well, and I and I did say this, and I know a lot of people don't agree with me, but I actually like the play design that they had for that long, for that third down. I just hated the execution. Sure. If Tony hands the ball off to Pacheco. That's a first down, and it doesn't really matter. You're not thinking about. You're not it talking later. about it, right? Right. But that's a player issue. That's an execution issue. He tried to beat four players. He's not going to be able to do that. Uh, so you have to know that your players are going to do and read things that they're supposed to read. So, but I agree with you. 
taking the ball out of Mahomes' hands, it's not going to be something a lot of people are going to like it at any time. So, uh, you know, you look at it and Kadarius Tony, I mean, for a guy that had a, a I'm not going to say a big impact, but at least a medium-sized impact, impact during the regular season last year for Kansas City, has had almost no impact this year. His ADOT is less than two yards right Jeez. now. It, it's just ridiculous. He's doing all the things near the line of scrimmage. And I get it to an extent that they want to get him out in space, but you have to you have to get him going down the field. Like you just yeah. you can't have him doing these things where he's just trying to get out in space and trying to beat somebody because people know that he's going to be doing that. I think he and he has a skill set to be able to beat people downfield. So the biggest news for Kansas City is they traded for McCall Hardman. I'm very curious to see what they're going to end up doing with McCall Hardman because right now you're looking at a situation where there's a ton of wide receivers that aren't getting the snaps that a lot of people have been wanting to see. Sky Moore has been getting a lot of snaps, but hasn't been productive. Rasheed Rice is getting 20 to 30 snaps a game and has started to be more productive. There's people like Justin Ross that aren't are getting maybe five or six snaps a game that aren't getting targeted. Uh, And a lot of people would like to see him get more targets and I get it to an extent, but at the same time, where are you going to fit McCall Hartman in this offense? And, to be fair, I really think that McCall Hardman is going to be a guy that maybe just comes in as the returner this week. I would expect that maybe he can do a couple of plays since he knows the offense, but coming in on a Thursday and figuring out that you're going to be a big part of the offense on Sunday, I really don't think that's going to be the plan. I think that he may play a couple plays on Sunday and on the offense, but I do think he's going to be the main returner at this point. Yeah, and just to rub salt in the injury or in the wound, like Chargers fans wanted McCall Hardman. I was not on the McCall Hardman bandwagon. Uh, you know, it's like, hey, if Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid can't figure out how to use him best, I just don't have any faith the Chargers could. But I get that, especially from a young receiver standpoint, because that is a big part of Kansas City is trying to get these young receivers up to speed. And for the Chargers and adding a potential receiver for them, how does that help Quentin Johnson, right? How does that help Darius Davis? You're trying to balance all those things. And it makes sense that that's what would slow them down a little bit. But we have to get into the biggest matchups from this game because there are a lot to pick from. I'm very interested to see what you think the biggest matchups are. But we're going to get into that and the most important players in this game coming up right after this. First, though, I do need to tell you guys about our friends over at Bird Dogs. And the biggest thing about Bird Dogs is they make you look good. I mean, you can get shorts anywhere. You can get joggers anywhere. But you're not going to get something that makes you look as good as Bird Dogs. I love my Bird Dog shorts. I love my Bird Dogs joggers. I love my Bird Dogs hat. If you see that right here, I love it. They're always giving away free stuff and free swag with their orders as well. But the biggest thing about Bird Dogs for me is the versatility, easily. I've worn my Bird Dogs swimming. I've gone golfing in my Bird Dogs. I play pickleball every single week in my Bird Dogs. And the other nice thing about it is, my wife lets me wear them out to nice things. Like my shorts, I mean, I was doing shorts wrong for so long that my shorts just got banished from going out with me to events and parties and things like that I had to do with my wife. When you get bird dogs, not only do they feel great and the built-in liners are a total game changers and never feel like you have to wear boxers or underwear again, but they also look nice enough for your wife to let you out of the house with them. That's just a huge thing. So all you have to do is go to birddogs.com slash NFL. And enter the promo code LOCKDOWNNFL at checkout for a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash LOCKDOWNNFL for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you. I'm really curious about your matchups because you kind of stole mine, to be honest. Uh, you know, Joel Clapp is, yeah, is it, uh, your center versus Chris Jones. Uh, I think that's going to be a huge matchup for in this game. Uh, missing Corey Lindsley, he is one of the best centers in football. Uh, but he's out, and I hope he's getting better. I know it was a heart issue. I don't know if there, if you've got any more updates on that, but uh, yeah. Chris Jones against 
Corey Lindsley was is always going to be something that's fun to watch. Uh, but against the rest of your offensive line, I think that's going to be my biggest matchup probably because if you get pressure on Herbert, he's already shown that he's going to struggle and it he's not in sync with his other wide receivers outside of Keenan Allen, it looks like for the most part. Yeah, it's going to be a huge matchup in this one. And Corey Lindsley versus Chris Jones is a fun matchup to watch. Corey Lind or Chris Jones versus Will Clapp is not nearly as fun of a matchup to watch, right? And I think the big thing here, too, is it's not just Will Clapp in the middle, but it's the effect that not having Corey Lindsley in the middle has had on the two young guards that are right next to him, right? You have a second-year guard in Jamari Sawyer who played left tackle last season, and you have Zion Johnson who's switching sides to the left side this year. And that was the one thing about when Corey Lindsley did miss some time last year. It wasn't just that Will Clapp was terrible. He wasn't. The guys around him got worse. Right. And I think that just is a direct, you know, equivalent to why Corey Lindsley is so important. Like you don't just see it in the play of who replaces him. You see it in the play of the guys around him. But who are the other guys that even without Chris Jones, you know, missing that first game that have been able to be able like, is it the other guys that are coming through edge rushers, other young defensive tackles that they've had to be able to come up with as much pressure? Or is it just Steve Spagnuolo being a total wizard over there and being able to dial up things in the right moments? I think it's a little bit of both, honestly, and uh, they do have some good guys. I mean, George Karloftis has played very well. Uh, Mike Dana has had his moments. Uh, you guys are going to see – you're going to be the first team to see Charles and Minihue in a Chiefs uniform uh, for the regular season, so good luck with terrible. that. Uh, terrible. Not, not to say anything too much, That's but terrible. I'm looking forward to it. Like, Chris Jones and Minihue next to each other because I think they could both I'm play sure inside. you are. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it is what it is. It's I, huge. Yeah. It's huge. No, I mean, and it's huge. This defense is actually the healthiest it's going to be probably all that it's been all season. You have Nick Bolton yeah. back. You have Drew Tranquil, who you know plenty of, that's playing for Kansas City and doing great things for the Chiefs on Terrible. their defense in different areas. Uh, and, you know, you look at the pressure and, and you look at the back end and it's really – you got, you know, Legereus Sneed and Trent McDuffie and Joshua Williams and Jalen Watson all locking down wide receivers. I'm not going to say they're locking them down and not giving up any yards. They are giving up some, but they're giving the defense enough time to actually get a chance to get after the quarterback, and that's huge. Yeah, and I mean, those are like, that's the most frustrating thing about the Chiefs is like a few of those guys you're mentioning, right, are day two and day three draft picks, and the Chiefs' ability to get contributions from players up and down the draft is easily to me one of the things that has set them apart during this run that they're currently on right now and something that makes me extremely jealous but yeah i, I mean i think especially you know the big matchup here is trey pipkins who was coming off of giving up five pressures last week alone in one single game chargers offensive line over the last two weeks has given up 34 pressures it's just not a sustainable game plan like you just aren't going to win games like that and that's in big part why the chargers have not only failed to win games, but have failed to put teams away as well. And I think that's huge. And I think even on the flip side, I mean, the pass rush for the Chargers is going to be incredibly important too because if the Chargers do have a strength on this defense, it's their pass rush. And the Kansas City Chiefs have a good offensive line. It's going to be a good matchup. But, like, if the combination of Tui Tuipiloto, Joey Bosa, and Khalil Mack can't get there on a consistent basis and can't get there in big moments and let Patrick Mahomes escape the pocket like they let Dak last week, it's going to be a long game for them. So not only is it Chris Jones going up against, you know, some inexperienced guys in the Chargers line, but like for the Chargers, it's code red. Like it, the pass rush has to get home. I mean, they've had at least four sacks in three straight games. They've been one of the league leaders in sacks, but it's been very boomer bust. You need consistent pressure. You need to be able to bring them down when you get there. 
No, you absolutely do. And I will say really quick, my dark horse matchup that I'm really looking forward to seeing is Keenan Allen versus Trent McDuffie. McDuffie's oh, been yeah. playing a lot of slot, and that's where Allen has been primarily lining up from <clears throat> from what I've seen when I've watched and, and from what PFF has charted is that he's playing slot, and he's going to be going up against Trent McDuffie. I'm really curious to see how that matchup plays out, and I'm really looking forward to it because McDuffie, I think, has been playing at a very high level, and I'm not going to say all pro, although some people out there will say it, but he's definitely been one of the best corners in the AFC or in the NFL this year. Yeah, all pro at corner is so tough, man, because there's so many dudes you could pick from. There's only, you know, a few slots that are out there. But, like, yeah, Trent McDuffie looked good coming out, and he's only, you know, since he's kind of got his health under control, has been great for the Chiefs. And it's just frustrating. He was a guy I really liked coming out of that draft. You know, George Karloftis was a big name coming out of that draft, too. But I think that's, you know, for the most important player, that's why it was so tough to kind of come up for, with that for me because, like, I think Josh Palmer becomes an incredibly important player, right? Because Quentin Johnson hasn't been able to do much at all, you know, really, if anything. And, and some of that's his fault and some of it's not. He's using They're using him in a lot of clear-out routes. He doesn't have the trust of Justin Herbert. But what that means is Josh Palmer has higher expectations than he's ever had, and he has to reach them. And last week was a great step. Four for 60, looks okay in the box score, but he had a 27-yard touchdown call back due to a legal man downfield. He had another first down catch that was called back. He actually looked really, really good. If Trent McDuffie's getting a lot of Keenan Allen and the Chargers aren't able to at least get Keenan Allen outside enough to get him away from that matchup, Josh Palmer's going to be huge, but it's also hard not to go with Derwin James, man, because Derwin James is the highest-paid safety in the league. And he has, you know, four more personal foul penalties than he has sacks and interceptions combined this season. That, that's not okay. Like, it has to be a more, you have to be a more impact player. If you're a leader, you have to be a more disciplined player. So, if you're talking about most important players for me in this matchup, Joshua Palmer and Derwin James are the guys that really, you know, jump out to me. Well, when you talk about Derwin James, he's going to have a hard matchup against Travis Kelsey. He's more than likely going to be the guy that's going to be guarding him most of the time. Uh, that's at least what I expect. Yeah, and uh, maybe maybe we'll see something different. I'm not sure, but I think you I, have to because Jasir Taylor, their slot corner, really really struggled last week against CD Lamb. I don't know how you could stick him out there against Travis Kelsey. Well, and then you you talk about Josh Palmer, and I don't want to get away from him, but I do think it's interesting. You go back to the last interception in the game. You got Quentin Johnson, who's what six five, six. Two, I think he's like six three, but yeah, I okay, mean, six, he looks six huge. three, six four, two fifteen, and he Getting gets bullied. pushed off the ball from Gilmore. I mean, you can't have that as a wide receiver of that size. You cannot be bodied like he was bodied on that play. And you can if you want to earn the trust of your quarterback, Chris, because that's been the biggest thing is Justin Herbert doesn't trust him. You know what's not going to help that trust? If he throws that ball up to you in a desperation moment and you don't beat out that cornerback for that ball, I, I think it's a great point. Or at least or at least knock it down. I mean, it doesn't have to be, an, you, know, an, you know, just – Knock it down. It doesn't have to be a completion, but you can't let yourself get bodied by a smaller corner when you're that type of wide receiver. I mean, you just you just can't. I'm really interested to see how Palmer plays against this defense because it's not like the other corners have been playing bad. Uh, McDuffie's yeah. been playing very good. Sneed's been playing very good. The weakest corner, I guess you would say, is either Joshua Williams or Jalen Watson when they're on the field. Uh, and if they get McDuffie in the slot against Keenan Allen, if he's holding him his own against Keenan Allen, I almost wonder if they're able to double a guy like Jordan Palmer and be able to shut that part of it down as well. Yeah, it's terrifying. I don't want to think about that at all. But no, I mean, it's it's not a bad strategy. I mean, I think, you know, you could put whoever you want on Keenan Allen. If you're going to give him one-on-ones at that matchup all day, I mean, he's going to win, you know, 
he's going to win a fair amount of those matchups, even with someone like Trent yep. McDuffie, right? That's just how good he is. Like his releases, he'll set you up. He'll get a couple of key moments come through with it. But it feels like he has to be more than just having a decent game, right? Like it feels like he is the focal point. The Chargers are a totally one-dimensional offense right now. They haven't had a running game since week one. And if you're other teams and you feel good about that one-on-one matchup and you're good with Keenan Allen going, you know, eight for 90 in this game, but taking away everyone else, it's not a terrible strategy, right? Like, hey, he's going to get some of his, but Trent McDuffie's going to get a couple, too, in big moments, a couple third downs he's able to, you know, prevent. I don't think that's terrible at all, and especially if you can just stay close enough to those guys to make Justin Herbert hold on to the ball, then everything starts to unravel for the Chargers offense, which is what we've seen over the last few games, which has put the Chargers in this hole. But the Chargers, to me, Chris, we're going to talk about what it's going to take to win this game. I think the Chargers have to play the best game that they've played this season. So we're going to talk about that coming up right after this. First, though, I do need to tell you guys that you need to snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That means all you have to do is place a $5 bet and you get $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. My favorite kind of bets are the bets where I bet them and I can't lose anything. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, and there's so many ways to bet. If you want to go spreads, player props, over-unders, whatever you want to do, you can find that with FanDuel. And right now, going into this pivotal matchup in the AFC West, the Chiefs are currently five-and-a-half-point favorites against the Chargers on Sunday, which feels about right. Most of these games have been decided by three points or less. The most has been six in the Brandon Staley versus Patrick Mahomes era, but They have a really cool weekly special for this one, too. FanDuel this week, you can go with Travis Kelsey and Keenan Allen combining for 15 catches, which is currently at plus 165. And if the Chargers keep up what they've done against number one receivers over the last, you know, the entire season, that might be pretty good. And Travis Kelsey might be able to cut off like at least 10 of those catches. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season in style. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. I also need to tell you guys about Jace Case from Jace Medical. And what Jace Case is, is it provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind so that you're not just hoping that you have access for medication in an emergency situation. Jace Medical makes sure that you have the medication in hand. This is kind of personal to me because my grandpa lives up in Paradise, California. And if you guys don't remember, Paradise got absolutely destroyed by wildfires in 2018, where 95% of the structures in the town got taken out. It was incredibly scary. I couldn't get a hold of him. And one of the things that happened is even though his house didn't burn down, the entire infrastructure of the city was gone. It was completely wiped out. And I was totally terrified that my grandpa, being an old man, would not have what he needed in those situations if something were to happen to him. I so wish that he had something like Jay's case, the personalized emergency medication kit that had those five essential antibiotics. If you would have had that, I would have felt so much better about the situation. And now, He does have that, which just gives me a peace of mind, makes me know that he's prepared if something bad is to happen again. All you guys have to do is go to jacemedical.com to get your Jace case and enter the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, at checkout for a $20 discount on your order. That's promo code LOCKEDON at J-A-S-E medical.com. What do you see the Chargers have to do, Daniel, for them to win this game? (sighs) How long do you have? Uh, I mean, I don't want to take up this whole segment here, Chris. I mean, like I said, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it. I feel like they they don't have to be perfect, right? Like, I mean, you're never going to play a perfect game, but they have to play to me the best game that they've played so far this season. Like, I just think that 
if you're going to get penalized like you did last week, if you're going to turn the ball over like you have over the last couple of weeks, if Justin Herbert's not going to be the regular Justin Herbert we're used to and, and, and can't, you know, will them in this game, like you're not going to win. And just it almost feels like to me for the Chargers to pull off the win, it's going to take like a, a walk off field goal, right? Like Mahomes has never beaten a stately led team by more than six. And that was the overtime game, right? That I would like to forget with Travis Kelsey running through the Chargers secondary. But it almost feels like it, they, you have to get it and not leave Tra- or Patrick Mahomes enough time to wipe it out, right? And we've seen him do it in, what, 13 seconds? So, like, it feels like it almost has to be like a walk-off field goal. The problem is the Chargers have been terrible in that. Every single game, they've had a chance to either ice a game, right, to go win the game with their offense, to go get the game-winning touchdown, to run the clock out, and they haven't done it. Two fourth-and-one disasters against the Vikings and the Raiders, a chance to go and win the against the Dolphins, which you wish you could have that right now. The Dolphins have been incredible. You had a chance down by two with two minutes left to go get a field goal and win the game, right? So it feels like all of those things kind of have to come together for a chance because it's very likely this game is going to come down to something like that. And if your late-game offense looks the way it has in all five games this season, I don't think they're able to pull it off. You know, I look at the way that the Chiefs have played Brandon Staley's teams, and it's always been a shootout. Uh, yeah. That's really going to be the big question in this game for me, is can Kansas City's offense actually show up on a regular basis, and is their defense going to be doing what they've been doing? If Kansas City puts up 24 points, based on what their defense has been playing so far, they'll win this game. Uh, and I, I think that they can play well against this team. I think that they know the Chargers well enough. Uh, I think their defense is playing well enough, and they're going to get more pressure than they've been getting. Uh, I really do believe that with a minihu back. So, to me, it's get pressure on Herbert, get him off of his spot, get him to miss a couple throws. Yeah. And that's the thing that stood out against Dallas is he missed throws that I haven't ever seen him miss. And not missing, like, extremely close, like, at least a few or two. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it's crazy, man. He's usually – I mean, they're, they're automatic throws for him, man. Like that that two hole shot against cover two or down the sideline, like that is bread and butter Justin Herbert on a platter. Like he nails that throw every time. And and it was it was getting to him. It's impossible to say that it wasn't. And I think it's a great point about what you bring up with the Kansas City offense because like every quarterback for the most part has had their get right game against the Chargers. Dak averaged nine point one yards per attempt. Tua averaged ten point four. Ryan freaking Tannehill averaged 10.3 yards per attempt. Like, if the Chargers let him have his get-right game this week, it's 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 done. And I love that you point all of that out, but the only thing that I would have to argue is that they've all usually had get-right games against the Denver defense, and Kansas City couldn't do that last week either. That's, so. You know what? Touche, Chris. No, yeah, I mean, like, the team that gave up 70, you'd like to see a better offensive performance for sure. Uh, yeah, and, and like I said earlier, I mean, it's it's little things. It's converting on third third short. It's you know, making smart plays and and not trying to do too much. His interception last week, Mahomes' interception last week was completely on him. Yeah. Take the sack or throw the ball away. Don't try to throw it up and make it play. Just take what the defense is giving you. If you can't get it to where it needs to go, throw the ball away, kick the field goal, and you're better. And How much of that do you think is him trying to, like, throw to where he thinks a flag is? Because, I mean, I know the Chargers have at least had three interceptions they thought they've had against Mahomes. Like, what happens if he keeps throwing those up, but he doesn't get the flag he thinks is coming, right? Because it does seem like sometimes he's just trying to throw it and point the direction over there, like, hey, you should be throwing a flag this way. (laughs) Yeah, and that's happened a couple of times so far this season as well. Uh, Sky Moore 
uh, would be a, a good example of that a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so, it, I mean, it's possible. Uh, what I will say is I think he's gotten a lot better. It's keeping, you know, keeping the ball safe for the most part, except for plays like that, where he just tries to do too much. I, I understand why he wants to score touchdowns. I get it. I get that this offense has struggled. But if you just take what the defense is giving you, if, if you can't get the ball anywhere and the receivers aren't getting open, throw the ball away, kick the field goal, take the three points, and you win a game and you feel a little bit better because you have three more points versus throwing a pick and giving up any points at all. Right. Uh, and yeah. you, you talk about the Chargers and their fourth down conversions. They continue to do it. I mean, year in and year out, Brandon Staley keeps going for these fourth downs and not converting. At some point, you have to ask, is he is he doing the wrong thing? And I guarantee you it's going to happen in this game against Kansas City because it happens every single year. And it usually happens at least two or three times a game against the Chiefs where he ends up going for it on fourth down. Sometimes he gets it, sometimes he doesn't. But this is not a defense you want to do that against. I 100% agree. I mean, last week it evened out, right? They they did they went for it the first time in a go-on situation, didn't get it, and then they end up going for it later on and getting the touchdown. So if you say, hey, you should kick a field goal, well, that's six points compared to seven, right? So it worked out for him then. It's worked out for him when he's been super aggressive, and it usually takes a fluky thing to happen, right? He was aggressive against the Raiders and the Vikings. They end up getting a red zone turnover in both those games to seal the game. But this is the thing. The one time it has bit him, it's a couple of years ago against the Chiefs where he tried to go for it and they missed their first three fourth down conversions and it came back to bite them and they lost. So you have to be careful doing that against good teams because against good teams, they're going to make you pay for it. And that's why I can't pick the Chargers right now, truthfully, to win this game because it's like until further notice, this team can't beat good teams. Kansas City is the Super Bowl champions. They are a good team through and through. The Chargers can't beat good teams. I can't have any faith they're going to do it this week. Uh, and I get it, and I'm with you. I, I think Kansas City wins. I don't. I will say this. I think it's going to be a lot closer than I would be comfortable with. Sure. Uh, but mainly because one, it's the Chargers, but two, Kansas City doesn't seem to have any blowout games in them. I mean, they should have blown out the outside Broncos. the Bears, right? Pretty yeah, much. outside the Bears. But the Bears is a whole other discussion. So whole other train wreck. Yeah. Yeah. So I really, I, I look at Kansas City. I think they win this game, and I agree with you when you talk about Staley and his. Uh, you know, it is aggression. It can be good for some things. And I get it to an extent because you're going up against Mahomes. You figure he's going to score touchdowns. But if you've watched this team this year, Butker has been kicking a lot more than they've been scoring touchdowns. So taking the points might be something that he needs to think about. Yeah, and it's something he never seems to think about. But, like, you have to know what kind of team you're going up against. And, and Patrick, you know, Andy Reid, for all the things he does super well, right? He's willing to take those field goals and those opportunities sometimes, right? So it's like, you have to know who you're going up against. Yes, you're going to need some touchdowns. You don't know how many times you're going to get down in the red area if you're the Chargers against this defense. So it's going to be a push and pull, but there's a big chance that that decides how this game ends up and what the outcome is of this game. But we're so excited to see it. It should be a great game when these two teams and these two quarterbacks match up. It's always a great game. So make sure you guys are checking out the Friday episode of Locked On Chiefs and the Friday episode of Locked On Chargers for this upcoming matchup. We'll be getting into our keys for success on the Locked On Chargers side. But hey, man, buckle up. This should be a great matchup. Make sure you find somewhere good to watch the game because this one is going to be one worth watching. So we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. And then until then, take it easy.